Welcome to our first ever podcast. I'm Sarah Thomas, joined by the wonderful Pastor Holly Howard. And um, I'm the creative director here at Bridge of Hope Church. And Holly, will you introduce yourself? My name is Holly Howard. I am the worship pastor and the pastor's wife here at Bridge of Hope. So what we want to do with this podcast is we want to start discovery with the Bible. And so I just want Holly to kind of tell us why she wanted to start this podcast as well. Well, my personal mission in life that I feel that God has placed on my heart is to inspire people to become passionate about the Word of God. And there's so much in the Bible that applies to us today for now. And so many people in our culture, they think that the Bible is just some dusty old book and it's totally irrelevant and church is irrelevant. God is irrelevant. And that's not true. So... The Bible has the answer for everything. And the problem with where we are in our culture today and even in the church with Christians is we don't know what's in it. We don't study it and we haven't read it to discover the treasure that the Bible really is and that it is still relevant today. Yeah, because the conversation that I hear a lot is that the Bible is an irrelevant way of living. You know, it's an outdated thought process and, you know, why do I have to read the Bible if I'm a good person? That kind of thing. So I'm so excited to be able to talk about these things with you and actually get this conversation started through different topics. And so um, go ahead and tell us, you know, when it was that you decided that you wanted to start this podcast. So we're in the middle of a 21-day fast, and I was praying and fasting for direction from the Lord, and He began to deal with my heart about... Um, all of the Bible study that I've done and all the little the little nuggets and the things that I write down that I feel God speaking to my heart and I come in here in the office, I get so excited. I'm like, guess what I learned today, guys? And <laughs> I have no platform right. for that. I don't really have anywhere to teach. And so he started dealing with my heart and I felt like God was dealing with me that a podcast would be the avenue that I could use my gift of teaching to share the word of God. And, and so I uh, felt God you know, pouring this into my heart and all of a sudden topics just started just coming to mind and I pulled out a piece of paper and I was just writing down all these topics and I got really excited and um, and so I had to call you Sarah I had to call her immediately and um, I was like you're not gonna believe this you're not gonna believe this I really feel like I want to do a podcast and start teaching and seizing the 167 other hours that we have in the week to reach people outside of the Sunday morning worship experience so you know, I love to teach and I feel like this is an avenue God's leading me to do. And I don't know how often that we're going to do this, right. but we're going to launch this episode and then just go from there. And at the end of each episode, my, my goal is to have a takeaway, just something that we can always take away and say, you know, I'm going to work on that. And I think I can, I think I can do this. Cool. So let's just start into it. Uh, This is going to be launching in February, and February is the month of love. And uh, so Holly wanted to talk about the topic of love. And before we get started, I do have to say that the words love and Christian aren't really correlated together anymore. Nope. Um, And so I'm really interested to see what you have to say about love and how it does correlate together with Christians. So um, let's start. Okay. So... Today I want to talk about love is the only rule, the only rule. 
And I've got to give, uh, you know, shout out to Kenneth Hagin. I love Kenneth Hagin. I read a lot of his books. And this book here called Love the Way to Victory. I have read this book and it's just, it's really been kind of life-changing for me and uh, very awesome. thought-provoking for me. So my inspiration has come from this book. And so um, to be a Christian, it means to obey God's commands. And um, so I want to lay a foundation about what that means. And if we're going to live for God, if I say I'm a Christian, I'm really going right. to live for God, I have to keep God's commandments. Well, you're probably thinking, oh, here we go again. Here's all the rules and here's all the regulations. Right. Christians and do's and don'ts and rules and regulations. And, you know, nobody can live up to that kind of standard. That's impossible. And, and if, that's what, if that's what you're thinking, you're absolutely right. And so I want to lay a foundation really quick first and to understand this, this, the Old Testament, Old Covenant law, the Ten Commandments. You've heard about them in Exodus 20. We all know all the thou shalt nots of idolatry and don't take the Lord's name in vain. Don't steal, don't covet, right. you know, obey your parents. We've heard all these, these, you know, don't sleep around, no adultery, right? We've heard about all these do's and don'ts and all these rules and regulations. And, and so under this Old Covenant, no one could be successful under that old law. No one in okay. all of the Old Testament was ever successful. Everyone failed. Everyone. Everyone made a, messed up. They all made mistakes. They couldn't make it until Jesus came. But the Old Testament was written for spiritually dead men because they had, didn't have Jesus. They had not been born again. And we have got to come over into the New Testament and to see what God is saying to us as believers, because we're believers in the, in, and um, we aren't under the old law anymore. Because okay. Jesus came and he died and shed his blood, we're under a new covenant. So we've got to come over to the New Testament and see what is God saying to believers in the New Testament. So is there a scripture about what, um, in the New Testament, that we can kind of balance out what you're just saying. You know, you're saying that there's a new covenant. So what is that scripture that you're coming from with that? Absolutely. So under the new covenant, or we call that the New Testament, Jesus gave us only one law or commandment. And it's one rule. One rule okay. that he said was to take place of the entire old law, of all those 10 commandments. And it's John 13, 34, and 35. And this is what it says. It says, a new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. The law of love is the new law. It's the one rule. He says, I want you a new command I give you to love one another. So the, it's, I'm calling it the law of love. Is, it's the new law. It's the one rule. So what does that mean for us now? You're saying there's one law, there's not all like 10 of them or, you know, these animals and, you know, we hear about all like those, those things. So what does this mean for us now as Christians living today? Okay. It supersedes the old law because Jesus Christ fulfilled the Old Testament covenant with his blood. You know, Jesus lived a sinless and perfect life. He was the only person that could do it. 
Okay. No one else could, we couldn't today live up to the standard of the Old Testament. Nobody could do that, right? Until Jesus Christ came because he lived a perfect life. He sacrificed his love for us by shedding his blood and dying on a cross. Therefore, he put an end to all the sacrifices that they had to do. So they would, they would sacrifice bulls and goats and the blood of animals would cover up or atone for their sins. Well, because Jesus Christ was the perfect fulfillment of the law by not breaking the law, and he sacrificed himself. He became the sacrifice for us. So now we no longer have to sacrifice bulls and goats and take the blood of animals to cover up our sins. And because the old law there, it couldn't make anybody perfect. But right. Jesus's blood was perfect. It was spotless and it he didn't break one commandment. So he was perfect and therefore he fulfilled the requirement of the old law. Therefore, Jesus became the mediator of what we call the new covenant. So when you say mediator, like what do you mean? Like, uh, like how is he the mediator between all that? A mediator is a go-between. Okay. So if I were to have an argument with you, I would have to have someone go and sit in between us and who and to 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 stand and be the the maybe the voice of reason. You know, Dallas right. and I do marriage counseling all the time, and we'll hear his side and her side, and we're the mediator in there. Okay. And so Jesus is the mediator between Satan, who's always accusing us, and God the Father. And all he right. became so he became he became that connection that we have to Christ. Okay. Awesome. So um, Hebrews 12 and 24 says to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant. Hebrews 8 and 6 says, but in fact, the ministry Jesus has received is as superior to theirs as the covenant of which he is mediator is superior to the old one since the new covenant is established on better promises. So all 10 commandments are summed up in one law, one rule, and it is superior to the old one because Jesus was the fulfillment of that law. Awesome. All right, so um, you're saying that between the old covenant and the new, that Jesus has brought it together and that the Ten Commandments have been summed up into this one and Jesus was the fulfillment of all of those laws for us now. Yes. Perfect. Okay. Yes. So let's look at Romans 13. All right. 8 and 10 says, Let no debt remain outside except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. There's that law again, that the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not covet. And whatever other command there may be are summed up in this one command. Here it is. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does, does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is, God is love, the Bible says. So therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law because Jesus was love. He is the fulfillment right. of the law. So we have a new covenant because if we walk in love, we'll automatically keep the Ten Commandments. If I'm walking in the God kind of love, love my neighbor as myself, I, I won't want to steal from you. I wouldn't want to lie to you. That's I good. wouldn't want to do the things that the ten, the list of do's and don'ts, those right. 10 commandments. When I'm really truly walking in the God kind of love, 
I, I will automatically fulfill the, the, the law of the Ten Commandments. So James 2, 8 and 9 says this, if you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. So if the new covenant is saying that love is the new law mm -hmm. and it sounds simple, you know, <laughs> instead of having to follow all these different laws and, you know, uh, sacrifices and all this stuff. And you're saying it's summed into one now. Why can Christians be so hateful? I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with hateful and how... I'm going to go with you too. Yeah, so people automatically are like, wow, gosh, if you're a Christian, then you're like, why are Christians so hateful? And, you know, you hear that word a lot yes. when you talk about Christians. So yes. what's the issue? It sounds really simple. Yeah, so, yeah, the church has really been tainted by the world's eyes, uh, those outside of the church that don't want anything to do with Christianity okay. uh, because Christians aren't acting any differently from those who don't claim to be Christians. You can't tell right. the difference between the two. <laughs> and the problem with too many Christians today is that they are choosing not to walk in love. They're not keeping the law of love. They're not obeying this one command. He said, I sum up all these 10 commandments into one. It's real simple. Just don't worry about all the 10 of the commandments. Just love your neighbor as yourself. Just, just love, just walk in love. And they're choosing not to walk in love. That's why we have Christians that uh, upset so many people and they offend so many people um, because when we break down more, you know, what love, how do you do this kind of love, what, right. what it really means, uh, we'll see how violating this law of love is, is what causes us to, uh, to lose our, 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 our salt and our light in the world. But, so John 13, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. John 13, 35 says, by this, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. How is the world going to know that we are Christians, that we are Christ followers, if we don't keep God's one command, the law of love. How will we do that? We'll, like I said, we'll lose our salt. We'll lose our saltiness. Okay, so you say salt, and I immediately go to being like, oh, I feel salty. You know, like, not that kind of okay, salty. So like you're, you know, not throwing, you know, shade at me, but no. you know, you're not being salty towards me. So when you say salt, if you're, you know, new to this Christian walk or you're listening for the first time, like what do you mean by salt in the Christian sense of things? Okay, so this is Jesus' words in Matthew 5, 13. He said, you, he was talking to believers, are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. That's some very strong language. Yeah. That is, you know, it's no longer good for anything. So the Bible says we're supposed to be the salt, the light of the world, and in, in, in this salt, this this flavor. Salt is is a flavor. Salt enhances food. Right. It makes it taste better. Eat a French fry without salt. I mean, that's no. just gross, right? <laughs> right. So it, you know, who wants unsalted French fries? That it just doesn't work that way, right? No, it does well, not. Well, nobody wants an 
unsalted, a, a flavorless Christian um, okay. because we lose our effectiveness. So his plan was for us, it was for us to be the salt and the light in the world through walking in love towards everyone. And we've got too many in the church that's lost their saltiness and nobody wants stale salt. Nobody wants, if it's, if it, when salt loses its flavor, we toss it out. It's, it's not good for anything. It's useless. And, and so what does it mean? To lose, to lose my saltiness means I become unloving. Christians can be mean, to be hateful, you know, to be rude. Yeah. I mean, how many oh, yeah. times have we, you know, let's just go there. Sundays, uh, the reputation that the church Christians have with waiters and waitresses when oh they after church they worship Jesus and they go out to eat and they're rude to their waitress or their waiter they leave a crappy tip and they they, they ain't salty they lost their salt and they leave the I give my money to Jesus on the receipts <laughs> oh oh yeah I mean what's up with that yeah, that's just, not walking in love that's not keeping God's commandment that's not being giving a good taste right in the mouth of the world okay that's not giving good flavor of the real kind of love and who jesus and what the real christianity is all exactly. about and right. once a christian has ruined the image of christ by not walking in love into in, in someone else's eyes they can't get their saltiness back because they have damaged the reputation of christ and wow. in, in that other person's opinion so a stale unsalty unliving uh, uh, unloving Christian is useless. That's, That's strong terminology. That's tough. It's useless. So shame on us Christians. We need some Christians to rise up and get their saltiness back. We need the church to start walking in love right. and choosing to keep God's one commandment of love. And we've got to start walking in the God kind of love. Okay. The God kind of love is not human love. It's not natural love. So we have a natural kind of love. But let me tell you something. His kind, this God kind of love is supernatural. And it, it exceeds far beyond what our natural capacity as humans is. Because my human love could turn to hatred in a split second. Oh, boy. But the God kind of love doesn't do that because his love never fails. So we know we have to follow one rule. It's real simple. One command. Love. Love your neighbor as yourself. The law of love. Right. And um, I think that's a great place uh, to take a break for a second. And when we come back, we are going to dive into what does it mean to have this God kind of love. And we'll talk about it more in detail. Okay, so we just introduced the topic of love. Yes. And we learned that the reason why some Christians are so hateful and unloving is because they lost their saltiness and um, that they become useless when they're like that. No flavor. No flavor. Not, and they don't put a good taste. Exactly. In, in, in the mouth, so to speak, of those who aren't in the church or who aren't believers. And that's pretty heavy um, already. They put a so bad taste. I'm excited to hear about what it means to actually be able to have God's kind of love and what God's kind of love is. Mm -hmm. So the question now that I have is what does this love look like? And what does it mean to really love my neighbor as myself? Because I'm sure Christian and non-Christian alike, we've all heard that in some way, shape, or form. So I'm really excited to see and unpack this a little bit more. Okay. So in order to know what love is, um, we have to look to 
like I said, we, remember we talked about we're believers today and we're under the new law. So what does the New Testament say about what love is? And so we go to, in the Bible, it's called the love chapter and it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Okay. And so I'm going to read from you verses 4 through 7 in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It says, this tells us what love is. All right. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. So this word love, it's a verb. It's an action word. And the Greek, the Greek word for love here is agape. Agape means the love of God. So 1 John. 4 and 8 says, whoever does not love agape does not know God because God is love. God wow. is agape. God is love. This love described in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is what uh, Kenneth Hagin calls the God kind of love. It's not natural human love because, like I said, our natural love has limits. Yes. I can only, <laughs> I can only love so far. Yeah. Okay. In my in in my natural, like I said, I could my love could turn turn to hatred overnight. We can only love so far when that coworker is getting on our nerve, or you know you mess with my kids, Ooh. or you know what I'm saying, oh, yeah. or uh, you know our husband or our boyfriend or our girlfriend um, does something to tick us off. You know, love's got limits, or <laughs> or you know I know we're using lighter things, but love has limits with the more serious pains and right. and, and wounds of betrayal. You know. My love's got limits. Betray yeah. me and but you I mean, come on, we're human. And there's limits to the human love. So we're not talking about human love. This is this is agape love, okay? So I want to read First Corinthians chapter 13, 4 through 9 in the amplified version okay. because it, it, it breaks it down even more. I love it. So listen to what it says. Love endures with patience and serenity. That's kindness. Love is kind and thoughtful. Think about that on Sundays when y'all go out to eat, okay? And don't be hateful, but be kind and thoughtful with your waitress or your waiter. And is not jealous or envious. Love does not brag and is not proud or arrogant. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not provoked. Oh, here we go. Nor overly sensitive and easily angered. This is a high standard here. Yes, it, it is. It does not take into account a wrong endured what it does not rejoice at injustice but rejoices with truth when right and truth prevail love bears all things regardless of what comes it believes all things looking for the best in each one it hopes all things remaining steadfast during difficult times endures all things without weakening love never fails, it never fades, nor ends. So wow. if Christians would really take to heart and put this into practice, it would save and solve a lot of their problems. Love. So let's break down what we just read. Okay. It endures with patience and serenity or kindness. That word serenity is like kindness. So many Christians can endure long and uh, and go through a trial and be enduring, but they don't, they aren't patient and kind 
while they're enduring. That is the truth. They get mean <laughs> and hateful. So sometimes maybe husbands and wives suffer in a marriage because they're enduring through a difficult time in the marriage, but they aren't kind and they, they aren't uh, gentle with each other and they hateful in the process. They don't endure with patience right. and kindness even when they're suffering from a spouse or or or, uh, or a, a, a job on the uh, you know or a coworker at work you know so the God kind of love it will endure suffering but while enduring true I'm talking about suffering this is the real kind of stuff we go through be patient in the process and kind in the process and not weaken or fade out or quit or give up it just doesn't fail. Wow. At all. That's, that's tough. That's very tough to do. To, and, <laughs> I mean, think about when we go through trials, how hard it is. Right. How tough it is. And, you know, you get a promise or, you know, God tells our church, you know, we want you to go over here and we want to go to this. We want you to sell your building and we're going to move you and to endure with patience and kindness in the process while we don't know where we're going and we're still yeah. in limbo. or Whatever it is in life that we face when we're going through something really bad. Somebody's persecuting us or we're being railed at with accusations or whatever and to stay patient and to keep our kindness about us. Yeah. Not take it out on our kids and snapping at the kids, you know, but to be kind and, uh, you know, not taking it out on those around us. And so we'll, we'll keep moving on. There's a lot to dig in here. Verse 7, love bears all things regardless of what comes. Have you heard this? I just can't take it anymore. I can't love him. I can't love her anymore. I can't put up with them anymore. Not a minute longer. I can't do it. Love can. God's kind of love working through me, through us, it can. We all get to the point where we want to give up. We all get to the point where we want to quit because we're human. See, our natural human love has limits. It runs out. We're human. But the love of God that's inside of us when we choose to obey this law, this one law to love, that love inside of us, it will not quit because when my love runs out, God's love inside of me can take over. If I'll choose to let him, it will take over and it won't weaken, it won't fade, and his love will not come to an end. So if we walk in the light of God's word, we won't weaken in our love walk either. So think about this. Think about how much God has been putting up with all of us. He's been putting up with us. His love hasn't run out with us. Oh. He's been merciful. He's been patient. Right. He's been in all my stuff. And all the garbage, my mouth, I mean, I could go on and on and on about all my mistakes, all my failures, my legalistic, the way I used to be, my judgmental self, you know, my pride and my arrogance with all my crap. Let's just put it that way because you know it was stanky to God. With all that stuff, how much God had to put up with me and still love me and be patient and kind and merciful and loving towards me in that process. God wouldn't ask us to do something if he didn't think he could enable us to do it. So God is love. We are partakers of his love, which has been shed abroad in our heart. Listen to Romans 5, 5. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So we took on God's nature. What is his nature? God is love. 
Right. When we accepted Jesus Christ, when you become a believer, we take on the love nature of God, that supernatural agape love. Second Corinthians tells us old things when we become a believer are passed away. Behold, all things become new. We get a new spirit. We get the God kind of love nature through the power of the Holy Spirit. The most important characteristic of God is his love. He is love. God's nature is love. So when we're born again, that love nature is imparted in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's why we're able to do this stuff and to walk in love and actually do the stuff that we're talking about and this action, this agape in 1 Corinthians 13. Yes. So we're going to keep going. Verse 5. All right. It does not dishonor. Oh boy, it's going to get hard others. This is verse 5. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. In the Amplified Version, it is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not provoked nor overly sensitive and easily angered. It does not take into account a wrong endured. The love of God in us won't be selfish. The love of God in us doesn't have to have it my way. And I know a lot of people, Christian or not, it gets very hard to look outside yourself and not be selfish. Well, we're taught to be selfish from from day one, right? Come on, think about it. Two-year-old, what do they do? Mine, 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 right? I mean, it's it's our nature. Our carnal side of us, the, the, the side of me without Christ is not pretty at, you know, our humanness, our, our, our carnal nature can be, get really ugly. The, the flesh side of us tends to lean towards, you know, evil. Then that's why children have to be told, no, share the toy. No, no, Johnny, you share. But right, they fight over it because we're naturally born into sin. We're naturally bent towards not loving other people. So to, to get this God nature, it turns us. It changes us and we get a new bent toward being more like God because his nature is not in us. So we won't be selfish. You know, selfishness insists on its own rights. It's got to, it's got to, when you contend for your own rights, it's my right. It's my right. When you're doing that, you are walking in love because true love will not insist on its, on its own rights. And agape love will put others first and self last. Agape love will let that person go in front of you in the, in, in the car line at the school while you're picking up your kids. Agape love will not cut that person off in traffic. I mean, let's just get real. Well, I would, I would also say real quick that I feel like American society doesn't help in this way of that we are taught from beginning to fight for yourself. Absolutely. That it, yeah. is, it is me, me, me. Give mm-hmm. me satisfaction. Give me instant gratification. Yes. You know, if it means stepping on my brother on the way to the top, then I'm going to do it. Yeah. And so I feel like, especially for American culture and growing up, learning to have agape love in the sense of not being self-seeking and selfish mm-hmm. is extremely hard. I yes. can't speak for other countries and cultures because I've never lived in them. But yeah. um, I feel like even that, just re- when you were saying that, that really stuck out to me. Like, man, our culture does not set us up for success in wanting to love and look out for others at all. Absolutely. Our culture breeds selfishness, yes. completely breeds selfishness. So it has to be supernatural for us to <laughs> yes. think of others first. And let me tell you something. When you start doing this stuff, and we're not even done yet. we got to talk. The next thing we're talking about is keeping a record of wrongs. You start walking in the God kind of love and agape love and practicing the and obeying the one commandment that Jesus gave us, you're going to go against the grain. Oh, yeah. 
because culture says, you know, eye for an eye, you know, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you, you do this to me, I'm going to get even. Culture says take get revenge, right? Uh, so our culture make breeds. Make post on Facebook and oh, get come petitions on. going. Yeah, tell me about it. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, our culture, it breeds selfishness. Yeah. And so when you do this, you are going against the grain. You're going to be called a fanatic, a weirdo, a Jesus freak, you know, uh, because it's it's not normal. This is the, and unfortunately in our culture, to actually walk in love is abnormal. Oh yeah, Because definitely. people don't naturally, we don't naturally, we're not bent this way and our culture does not help us. So here's another one. It says, love won't keep a record of wrongs. Ooh, I, I know, if, I don't know about you, but we don't like to hear that one. Everyone likes to keep receipts of what people did to them. Oh my gosh, tell me about <laughs> it. We got accounting books with the log that's a thousand uh -huh. pages long and we do it to everyone in our life. So look, if you're always taking account of the evil that was done to you, you're not walking in love. Wow. If you're walking in the God kind of love and you stay full of the Holy Spirit, here you will not take account of evil done to you. You won't hold on to the evil done to you. You won't consider it. It'll just roll off your back like water off a duck's back. This is what God did with us. If he kept a record of wrongs, we'd all be dead. <laughs> if he did, if, if really, if, if, we gotta stop this stuff. It's not fair. Right. Well, let's just look at the next one. Um, it says in verse 7 that love believes all things. And so when you say believes all things, in the Amplified Version, it said it it's believing in the best of each person, correct? Yes, yes. Okay, so each person believing in the best of those things. And it's really hard. It's real hard to, to, hard to say. believe the best <laughs> in someone when you got a tally of every wrong thing she said, every wrong thing he did, he didn't give me flowers on my birthday, and she said this, and he betrayed me, and I mean, and the oh, yeah. list could go on and on and on. Well, it's real hard to believe the best in somebody when you got a tally of every thing, every mistake they've ever made, every wrong word they ever said. I mean, some people hold on to grudges for years. Oh yeah. It ain't love. You're not walking in love. You're you're breaking the one commandment. He summed up ten commandments and gave us just one. And he said, This is how this is the, this is a commandment. This is his expectation because it's how he treats us. So you can't believe the best in people. So I refuse, after reading this book and, and getting this in me, I said I, I got to the place like Kenneth Hagan. I refuse to believe the worst in people. I'm not gonna do it. I want to believe the best in everyone because that's what God does. He believed the best in me. Right. At my worst. At my very worst, the worst that I have ever been, he still saw my potential. He still believed the best in who I could be because I could be it through the power of the Holy Spirit, through his strength, I could be that kind of love. God's love was keep moving, is a agape love. It's not rude to people. Yeah. It is not rude. We already talked about this, about being rude to the waiter, the waitress, being rude to people in public. Oh my goodness, let's not even talk about Black Friday. Well, I mean, you just don't know what people are going through. Everyone has their stories and what they're going through. And so being rude as a Christian, you know, it's kind of against what you're told to do anyways. Yeah. So it's, you know. Yeah. Absolutely, it's not walking in love. When you're rude, you're not walking in love. It's not easily angered. Look, if you have a quick temper and you fly off the handle at every little thing, you're not walking in love. 
God's love in us absolutely through the power of the Holy Spirit 100% can exercise self-control. Screaming and yelling at our our spouses, our friends, our children, it, we lose our saltiness. That ain't salty. Wow. You just go around screaming and yelling at everybody and having an attitude and being angry and hateful with everything and always having a temper, punching stuff and flying off the handle because because your kid spilled some milk in the carpet or whatever. I mean, we get angry over everything. Uh, cussing somebody out, flipping them out because they got over in front of you and, 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 you know, and cut you off in traffic and they flipped you off so you got angry and you flipped them off back. I mean, no salt. Yeah. There ain't no salt in that. You just lost your good taste as a Christian. And for crying out loud, if you're going to drive like that, take the fish off your car. Oh. Take it off. Or the Bridge of Hope logo. Or the Bridge of Hope logo. <laughs> take it off because that is not a true Christian. That's not no. a biblical Christian. You're breaking the commandment. You're not choosing to walk in love. I lost a friend of mine because of anger. I had really? uh, we uh, I had best friend all through high school. We we did everything together. We had the best times together. We were so tight and we had so much fun. But I picked her up every day for school. I went we stopped at 7-Eleven, bought a big old Mountain Dew. I bought her Mountain Dew. I bought her lunch just about every day. And I, I went way out of my way to drive her right. to school to take her home every day. I did this all through like since once I started driving through all of our, our high school career. Then we went to college and she'd pop in our dorm and and she opened uh, our refrigerator. We weren't in the same room together. She'd come into the room. We were like a threesome of besties. Me and the other girl were roommates, and she'd come in and she'd pull our uh, my food out of my refrigerator, eat it all, and and the, the in the relationship monetarily, the only I was doing all the giving with money. Okay. And like, and she just she and me, I didn't deal with it in love. I didn't confront. I just let her take, 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 take till I exploded one day, and I went out on what they call the ped mall, where everybody's standing outside, and I blew up on her in front of the all of the kid, all of us, you know, students at least standing around, and I blew up, and I had a terrible temper tantrum, screamed and yelled at her told her what a terrible person she was and because of my temper and because of my anger and me not walking in love I lost that friendship we were we, we never uh, we never spoke after that wow. and uh, when our senior year that happened our freshman year of college our senior year in college right right before we were about to graduate it was the first time in four years we actually spoke and I destroyed annihilated that friendship that we were we were so close because of my anger so, you know so you know anger damages and it's not love um, it love is not easily provoked so we talked about not being easily anger but that also means it's not overly sensitive so overly sensitive means to be easily pained and annoyed. God's love is not touchy. Wow. Yeah. Touchy people who are super sensitive are not walking in love. That's not agape love. God's kind of love, you get over that. Because sensitive people and touchy people, the root of that is selfishness. They're selfish because it's all about me. So this kind of love also doesn't get jealous and it doesn't envy. It doesn't get mad because somebody else got the solo. I mean, come on, we can be so petty in church. It doesn't get mad because somebody else has the microphone. I mean, are we going to church for God and to please God? Or are we going to church to please man? Why are we really? We're supposed to go to services on Sunday to worship God and experience the presence of God, not to see and be seen. That ain't That's a love. whole nother podcast. That's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> love doesn't brag. It's not prideful. It's not arrogant. Have you ever met somebody that's always bragging about their kids or they always one-up you and everything? 
Oh, look at my boat. Well, my boat is, you know, your boat's, I don't know, 10 feet, boat, 10 feet. My boat's 22 feet, you know. I was like, I don't know about boats. I don't know about boats. So I but, don't know what's good or know, not. My fish I caught was this big. Well, my fish was this big. You know, you ever met anybody right. like they got a one-up you? My kid's better than your kid. My kid won the solo. Well, my kid won, you know, whatever. Right. They're so annoying. That, that's bragging and bragging. No saltiness. It yeah. don't taste good. There's no flavor. There's no good taste in the world. The world's tasting nasty when we act like that. You make Christianity taste bad when you brag and you're prideful and you're arrogant. The, 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 the point is, the closer we get to God and the more that we let his love dominate us, the more that we will become like him. But the problem is we let our flesh dominate us yeah. and love is a choice. First Corinthians 14 and one says, let love be your highest goal. If God's love is so powerful and enduring and it never fails, why don't more believers do what the Bible says and make love our highest goal? Wow. Why are we not doing that? Why is, it, why is that our highest aim? Can I honestly say, that I've made God my highest goal in, my, in this life. Can I say that? Can we say that? So if we're gonna learn to walk in divine love, not human love, not the kind of love that has limits, but divine love, we have to know that the Bible says God's love never fails. When right. we do that, we won't fail. Our marriages won't fail if we were doing this kind of love. If couples would take this 1 Corinthians 13, verses four through eight and read it every day, and put it into practice every day, it healed their marriage. Wow. It's really hard. It's really hard to keep fights going when you don't keep a record of wrongs and when you're not being rude and when yeah. you're not being angry and hateful and, and prideful and arrogant and sensitive and touchy. I mean, come on, when we really right. stop doing that stuff, it, it, it save a lot of, solve a lot of problems. So we won't fail in our marriages. We won't fail in our relationships because the Bible says God's love never fails. It endures all things. It perseveres. It trusts all things, it says. It will trust people even when they've betrayed our trust. Love will still trust. Wow. Even when you've been betrayed and trust has been broken, when that spouse had an affair and committed adultery or you caught your, you caught your, your husband looking at pornography, love will trust him again yeah. and won't keep that record of wrong. I mean, this is powerful stuff, but we can do this through the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I really, in closing, I really love when you said love is a choice. <laughs> So many Christians wait for like that golden moment of like, you're like, God, I want to love. And then it's like, bam. And then you're just like this, you know, wonderful person that can follow all this. But love is a choice like mm -hmm. anything else. You have to walk in it daily and have that mental space to be like, okay, I'm going to make the choice to walk in love today. Yeah. Um, and so yes, I really love that. <clears throat> and so another takeaway, and um, I think it was like the one takeaway from today is that love is the only rule yep there's no do's and don'ts and you know like we said earlier the the thou you know all that stuff but we just need to walk in god kind of love and i think that is huge yeah yeah so you've put this into practice and we do this you practice walking in love the god kind of love this week i promise you you'll see a drastic difference in your relationships. You'll see, you'll, when the problem with, with Christianity is the Bible says to be doers of the word and not hearers only. Ooh. Well, the problem with Christianity is we don't practice the truths of God's word. If you don't practice it, it's not gonna work for you. It's gonna take practice yeah. keeping your mouth shut. It's gonna take practice 
trusting someone again. It's going to take yeah. practice being, some, for some of us, being kind. It's going to take practice being patient while you're enduring through a trial. Mm -hmm. And we got we got to practice. And we've got to daily say, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to practice being kind, being gentle. I'm going to practice walking in love. If you do this, God's word works, but only when you work God's word. It will work I for you, that. but you got to do it. You got to work it. If you want it to work, you work God's word. I love that. You know, if you're listening to this um, on YouTube, uh, we have a great opportunity to create a conversation about this. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, we want to challenge everyone listening to actually practice this this week. Practice God's kind of love. And when it works for you, because we know it will, uh, we want to share your testimony in the comments and we'll read them. And uh, if you want to share this with people to give mm -hmm. them, you know, this word, which is so awesome. It's so challenging. Mm -hmm. um, you know, leave comments below and we'll, you know, we'll talk to you and we'll create a conversation about this. And so yes. I'm yes. really excited. Yes. Um, I want to hear the story. Yes. I want to hear your story, your testimony of how walking in love changed your life. It changed yeah. that situation that you're in the middle of. So share those. Yes, yeah, share those in the comments below. I'm, I'm excited to see how powerful this is for other people. Like it's been for me just listening to you in the office. It's been challenging though. I will tell you that. It is challenging. Yeah. It's, listen, it's not easy. No. But it can be done because we got God's nature in us now. Exactly. And I'm really excited because our next podcast that we're going to be doing is that you want to talk about, you know, the benefits of walking in love. So you laid the foundation. Mm -hmm. You told us and described mm -hmm. about God's agape love, which is so awesome. And it's, you know, sometimes it's overwhelming, but there's benefits to it. Yes. And so um, we're going to be doing that on our next podcast. Absolutely. Yes. And so. I, I look forward to it. So, yeah, the benefits that it actually does bring us good things to do this. It may be hard, but there are incredible benefits to ch by choosing to keep God's one law of love and to walk in love and to be obedient in love. There are benefits to us spiritually, physically, and we're gonna talk about that. All right, I'm excited to get that conversation going next time. So thank you so much for listening and watching and yep. we will see you in the next one. Yep, bye-bye.